Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 362, and welcome back to my front porch. I'm on my front porch. I I love it out here. You know, this little Airbnb has been so great, and I know I've said this a few times, but man, when I get to sit out here, it's so awesome. It really is. Um, it's beautiful out tonight. I mean, the clouds, there's no clouds in the sky. It's just amazing outside. It's not too cold, not too hot. It's just really, really beautiful out tonight. So, so grateful uh, to be out here tonight and to be recording podcast. Uh, a little rainy last week, so uh, the couple times that I had an opportunity to record podcast wasn't able to do that because it was pouring down rain. Uh, this weekend, uh, Patty and I went up to uh, Payson, Payson, Arizona. It's up in the mountains. It's only about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes away. Really pretty. It was snowing. And uh, I was speaking at a church on Sunday, but they were kind enough to let Patty and I have a cabin. I guess the the church has like a has like a cabin or the pastor had a cabin and he let us stay there for, so let's see, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So Patty and I got a little getaway this weekend, which is nice. I think we both just were like, and without the kids, it was just she and I and we I mean, were like, oh my gosh, it's just kind of nice to breathe a little bit. And some of you can relate with that. Like just getting away, getting out of your house, getting out of work, and just kind of like slowing down a little bit. I mean, Saturday we just sat in this cabin and had a fire going. I read a whole bunch and we went out for lunch. It was great. I mean, we just had a great time relaxing. Got back today. Uh, preached this morning, a couple services. Got back today. What a cool little church I got to teach at. It was such a cool... Um, I, I realize up in the mountains, I don't know what it is, but it's just, if you, there's a sense of community that's different than the city. You know, like the city, like lots of people are walking around and, and it's awesome. Like we love our neighborhood. We love where we live, but you go up there and there's just a different sense of community. It's like those people, a lot of them grew up together. They've been there their whole lives. And, and so there's a feeling of like, people know one another. So it was just kind of a cool experience to be at that church and, and just to see just how that community kind of knows one another. And, and, and they were just so open, so open to hear the word of God, uh, which, you know, was great. And I loved it. And they were very kind. And, and uh, yeah, it was a really, really good weekend. Um, but I'm glad to be back here on the front porch. I'm glad to be back here in Phoenix. Glad to be sitting here with each and every one of you, wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, um, just kind of working through stuff that I've been working through. And this passage, I've decided I'm going to start studying through Matthew. I'm kind of slowing down, studying uh, a couple chapters at a time, and just kind of going, what's going on? I feel like I need to look to Jesus right now. There's so much going on. Um, and I just feel like i got to slow down a little bit, and I need to look to Jesus. And so as I was doing that, uh, Matthew 7 it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Just this particular passage uh, really stuck out. Matthew 7, 18, 18 through 20 says, A good tree cannot bear fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize. And that last verse is the one that just kind of got me, but I felt we need a little bit more. But by their fruit, you will recognize them. When I was a kid, I, I think I've told this story before, but when I was a kid, 
Um, we lived in this old house. It was probably built in the, gosh, I want to say like the 1890s old. And it had a boiler down in the, you know, <clears throat> down, or, or a furnace down in the basement. It was like kind of scary. And um, I remember, my mom tells me the story. I don't necessarily remember it, but she tells me all about it. But I went down into the basement. I'm, I was young and I found a glass of milk. And I just chugged this glass of milk because I thought, oh, this looks good, you know, and I'm thirsty and I'm down in the basement. And I chugged this glass of milk that I probably left some other time. And it was very, very, very bad. And I uh, went upstairs and my mom was trying to get me to throw up. She called poison control. She was like, what do you do? I mean, she had no idea how long that cup of milk how long it had been downstairs but she was like for sure he has poisoning and they were like well he'll kind of work it out and uh, when I, I was thinking about this passage I was kind of thinking about that is like the context of what Jesus is bringing here is around the idea of beware of false prophets and this is in the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus is teaching his uh, famous sermon uh, many people uh, there's lots of debate on it uh, but I believe it was one sermon um, that he spoke uh, others believe it was like a multitude of sermons he spoke, and then they kind of did a, a collaboration. They lumped them all together. I believe he actually stood and he, he spoke this out. And, and so in, in this in this section, you get through Matthew five, Matthew six, and then you're Matthew seven. <clears throat> he's he's coming to the end of wrapping up everything, and he's like really with a father's heart, saying, "Hey, beware! There's a bunch of people out there." And he has very he's he's got people in mind, by the way. Uh, that are false prophets. And so he's trying to help them discern, well, what do you do? Like if there's fault, how, how, how do we know? And he gives this illustration about good fruit and bad fruit. You know, if you read in John 15, you learn about this idea of fruit attached to the vine. And so it's in that same kind of vein. And he says, you know, good, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Like, but a bad tree, you know, cannot bear good fruit. And the part I love on verse 20 is just going like, by their fruit, you will know them. By what they produce, you will know them. Now, he's definitely pointing out the religious elite who, who he has kind of come up against. He's called them whitewashed tombs. You know, John the Baptist calls them a broad of vipers, okay? Like, these are high-powered religious leaders. They are the community religious, uh, community leaders. They're the, they're the ones that the people go to. Um, they're the ones that really stand between, you know, God and, uh, God and the people. They kind of stand as intercessors between God and the people. And they are corrupt, and so he just keeps calling them out over and over. And he's speaking to a group of people who are trying to discern the kingdom of God. And he's going, beware. Beware. In other places, he talks about sheep and wolves' clothing. And so he's going like, listen, there is a discernment that you need to have in order to know. And here's what you need to know as it relates to false prophets is they're not going to bear good fruit. The fruit that he wants to provide, the fruit that, he, that comes from the spirit of God, they're not going to produce. So be aware. And I just, I keep thinking about this idea of bearing good fruit. You will know them by their fruit. And I can't help 
but think about our current day and age and what we're experiencing. It just seems like everybody's coming with fruit, some version. And some's bad fruit. It's really bad. And some is good fruit. And like, we've got to discern. I mean, you have social media channels, algorithms that are pumping full information. You have news channels pumping you full of information. And you're like, what do I do? You've got pastors, you got churches, you got leaders, you got Christians pumping us full of information. And it, it is hard. We're like, what do we do? There's so much out there. And I started working through this idea of like, wait a second, but he's given us something. And then Paul takes this idea and he goes a bit farther and he goes, let me tell you about this fruit. The fruit of the spirit, which by the way, it's not plural fruits. It's interesting. It's fruit. It's one. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, long-suffering. Like these are the things that embody someone who's attached to the vine, who's listening to the spirit of God and they're producing these things in their life. And I just kept going like, wait a second, we're evaluating the fruit wrong. Within our Western context, we're evaluating it wrong. For instance, and I'm not, there's no dog here. So, but just because you have a big church, just because there is a big church, doesn't mean that God's blessing it. Now, it could be, but we evaluate it based upon a numeral, the number of people in a room. And we say, God is, ble- that is good fruit. But what if God's releasing it to the desires of its heart? Oh, you want that? You want numbers? Because in chapter eight, he just kind of continues. He goes on and he talks about this idea of a noisy gong and, and praying in public and that you have your reward. Oh, it just, what do you what mean? You've got your reward in the approval of the people. You've gotten your reward, but you don't get me. And it just stopped me. It just kind of like, it got me thinking like, oh my gosh, I think for a good portion of my life, I've been evaluating the fruit wrong. Because Paul, partnering with what Jesus is saying, taking what Jesus is saying, so let me tell you what some of these things look like. They look like Jesus. Right? Because even this, like we don't go look around at weak people and go, now that looks like it's producing good fruit. No. But you look at Jesus is pointing out this widow and his might, and he's going like, this is the most generous woman who's ever lived. He makes an example of her. He makes an example of a Gentile centurion because of his faith. He's as a Samaritan, the good Samaritan, as an illustration in the story. And it's like he's flipping the script upside down. That is the Sermon on the Mount. It's taking our right side understanding and it's turning it upside down going, let me tell you how God sees things. And there's a false prophets that are out there. And so I started thinking through like, okay, but what's the bad fruit? You know, what are the bad trees and they're producing bad fruit? Is these people are defensive. They're constantly having to defend themselves. They're offendable. They're always offended. They're self-oriented. It's about their brand. It's about their thing. And if anyone comes up against their thing, they're going to cut you off, right? They're not selfless. They're selfish. It's about them. And that's why they get defensive. They complain. They're always complaining. They're combative. They're decisive. Or not decisive, divisive. (laughs) Good fruit is decisive. They're divisive. They're constantly dividing wherever they go. 
And Jesus is like, beware of leaders like that. Beware of people like that. Beware of them. So then we go, what do we do? You look to Jesus. Hebrews says, look to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Look to people who want to serve Jesus more than they want to serve themselves. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus did not consider himself, but instead laid down his life. He did not look at his divinity and go, nah, I'm too good for you all. No, no, no. He came to us. He laid down his life for us. That is good fruit. That is a tree that's healthy. And that is an example that we can follow, that we can look to. And we can look to leaders. We can look to people who preach like that, who talk like that, and go, yes, that's good fruit. But in this day and age, we have to be so discerning through the Spirit of God. Are people trying to build their own kingdoms? Or are they trying to live in the kingdom that God has created? He's our king. He's in charge. He's in control. And my fear in this day and age is that we're looking to bad trees to produce bad fruit. And I just see it, you know, kind of like an apple. You've heard this before, but one bad apple in the bucket of a good set of apples destroys the whole thing. And I'm watching this happen. I'm going, Jesus is warning us against this. And I'm feeling the weight of that right now. Are we looking to Jesus? Are we looking at his life and the way he lived? Right? Because, listen, Peter cuts off the ear, right? He picks up the sword and he cuts off the ear when Jesus is about to be taken away. Jesus heals the ear and says, I lay down my life and he takes up the cross. And he's inviting us to do the same thing. So it got me thinking, and I I put this on social media. If you know me, I don't do a lot of social media stuff. But I was just, I was going through this passage, and I just thought, fruit from for God dies without God. It has to start with God. Then it bears good fruit. But when it's just like doing a good thing, and listen, here's the thing with the Pharisees. They're not bad people. They just got it all wrong. And it became about them. What they believed they were doing it for God, but they were doing it for them. They were protecting themselves. They wanted the power. Jesus gave up that. He who knew no sin became sin, so we might become the righteousness of God. So fruit for God dies without God. And so the question is this. Are you following a bad tree that's producing bad fruit? Or are you taking in scripture, watching the way that Jesus lives, and living in light of that. Father, we definitely need your help. We need you, Spirit of the living God, to help us discern who are those who are bearing good fruit. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.